You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest for this episode is Tom Fleerl, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Amla, at Amla Commerce, an e-commerce software company. Tom, thanks for being on the show. Great to have you. Thanks, Jeremy. Great to be with you. So let's jump right into our topic, which is creating a content marketing strategy in a multi-brand context. And what I mean by that simply is that Amla essentially has two brands that you guys market, right? One is Artify and one is Znode. So first, just tell us a little bit about both of those so we know what we're talking. Yeah, sounds good. So we actually have three brands we market because we have also Amla Commerce, which is, okay. I'll get into the brand strategy in a minute, but an employer brand. That's what we actually recruit to. Right. And then we have two brands. Artify, as you mentioned, is a product customization e-commerce platform. So if you think about the uniform category, if you want to be able to upload your logo and put it on your on your chest of your whatever your product or your garment is, Artify allows that to happen real-time virtually and even to render an embroidery file. So customers can actually see real-time customization. They can click the buy button and put it directly into their cart. Okay, that's cool. All right. And Zenode? Zenode is an enterprise B2B e-commerce platform. And so um, what Zenode is really, really good at is running multiple channels, multiple web stores and also running multiple catalogs. And so a lot of people get confused between traditional B2C commerce and B2B. And so I was, the easiest way I can explain it is when I was a kid, my dad was a purchasing agent at a large manufacturing company. And he had 40 catalogs behind his desk. And he knew exactly what catalog to go to to get what product to keep the manufacturing plant running. Well, today all that is done online and you have large B2B stores like Granger that manage, you know, multiple brands from different manufacturers. And then you have smaller distributors who sell directly to manufacturers. And then you also have manufacturers that sell through distributors. And B2B e-commerce is very complex. And what Zenode allows our customers to do is easily manage catalogs by unique uh, customer or account or to create different types of customer experiences. So if they're standing up, if it's a manufacturing company and they're standing up a store on behalf of their distributors or a portal, those distributors can log in. They can get their specific contract pricing. They can see their specific assortment or catalog, and they can buy in bulk. However, that manufacturer may want to stand up another web store where they sell direct to customer or they expose their catalog online so that they can get SEO, they can get more traffic to their site, and they can win new opportunities for their distributors or sell direct. They can manage all of that centrally in Zenode. Okay, great. Thanks. So, okay. So as you mentioned, you have these two products, which are essentially their own brands. And you have, I guess what we would call the parent company, Amla, that, that has created both of these products and so on. So it's really kind of three entities that you as the VP of marketing and sales are managing and balancing. And I think that's what we really want to dive into. It sounds like like a particular kind of challenge 
to have to market and sell these three brands, which are all related, obviously, mm-hmm. but all to a certain extent, I'm assuming kind of need to stand on their own as well. Right. Correct. So let's just kind of get right into that. What, what what does that look like for you? Like, what are the you know challenges that face you in balancing all this? Well, I mean, the the one thing about having three different brands is you sometimes have three times the amount of content that you would have if you had one brand or you have three different standards for how you write to. So, for example, on the commerce was really developed one for an operational perspective so that we had one email that we could use. When I arrived at the company, we had a Zeno.com email and Artify.com email. And we had another one from at that time, what was the holding company that owned both products, which we recently renamed on the commerce. So we had customers who were using both of our products, but which email do you choose that they would receive communication from? And then we had this bigger issue as we are employing teams of people. We actually have about 250 employees globally, which includes a very large development center in India. We're headquartered out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So we have this other challenge is as we have grown rapidly in the last five years, which brand do you recruit people to? How do you recruit? Mm. So, and then also Artify and Zenote as different products also have different targets that they're after. There's some crossover with some segments that both products serve, but we do market them independently to different, to different verticals. So think about the complexities of all of that. And so what we have done is Amla Commerce is largely an employer brand. So when we hire people, we hire them to Amla Commerce. We are in the middle of doing kind of a rebranding effort as an employer brand to take care of all concerns globally. So with Amla Commerce, when we talk about Amla Commerce, we talk in first person, like our people, we, and we have a very specific brand guideline. And we have other brand guidelines as far as like sharing photography, sharing company events, things of that nature, posting jobs. When we talk about Artify and Zenode, we tend to talk third person because they're products. They're not personified. So in that case, we're always talking third person and the writing style is very, very different. So it does create challenges. And um, I'll use an example is there's other companies in our space. I'll use Adobe, for example. Most people are familiar with Adobe in the, in the marketing world and in the digital world. They have, you know, their Adobe CMS. They have their Adobe PDF creator. They have all these different things. So I wouldn't say that they have, I mean, they're much larger than us. They certainly have their own set of challenges, but they don't have an easier challenge in the fact that they still have to segregate their content to audience, but they probably have one brand style guide that they write to as Adobe. Does that make sense? Versus three brands. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. We all know Adobe. In fact, it's kind of the, it's like the inverse of what you guys are doing in a way. Right. 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 Everyone, if if you deal with computers at all, you probably know Adobe, but I don't really know the names of their individual products so much. It's just PDFs and this, and somehow it's all Adobe. Right. With you guys, I'm imagining if I'm using Artify, I might not know anything about Amla, like the parent company, right. and I might not care. You know, right. so so it's like two totally different audiences, and the audience for Amla are people who you're recruiting, right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, there so, is some messaging because our contract structure, not to get too detailed, but Artify is licensed by Amla Commerce as the parent company. Mm-hmm. So our customers know that Amla Commerce is the holding company or the parent company. 
but we don't market Amla to our individual product customers. Right. So what's the, what's the strategy there? Because you could organize things more like Adobe does say, but you're doing it the way that you're doing it. So what's the, what's the advantage from a marketing perspective, say, in doing it that way? Well, there's a couple of things. There's a little bit of background information there. So we, Amla Commerce, started Artify Labs. And we also acquired Zenote. So part of the strategy is you get what you get and you have to deal with it. So Zenote was an existing brand. The product had been in the market since 2003. We did a lot of work to redevelop the product and keep the intellectual property that came with it when we acquired it. And so the question really came down to, do we throw away the value of an existing brand? Throw away, but you get it. Do you diminish the yeah. value of the existing brand you acquired? And knowing that it's also targeted at a different audience, or do we combine them and go to market as one brand? And uh, so our short-term strategy was to keep them separated. And that was because we're a fast-growing company. We're moving fast. The Artify brand was in place. The, the Amla brand was in place. The Zeno brand was in place. So the short-term strategy, which has been very successful, is to market them separately and take care of their separate concerns. The long-term strategy could be, and this was part of the brand strategy, to have Amla Commerce be the parent company, and then Zenode could be also marketed as Amla Commerce because it's an e-commerce mm -hmm. platform. And Artify could be marketed as Amla Con Customizer, Amla Configurator, because mm -hmm. it's a customization software. No different than Adobe has Adobe Commerce and an Adobe Designer. There is that possibility in the future. So we did architect it from the perspective of the ability to move towards one common brand under Amla. Um, in our growth path, it hasn't taken a priority over how we're currently going to market. And, you know, the trade-off is as you grow fast and you start to get more and more market shared, then do you want to go back and rebrand or do you want to change the name of a product? There's, there's mm -hmm. trade-offs there too, because all of the, all of the equity you receive from investing in the last five years of building these product brands suddenly gets diminished. Right. And so, yeah. Okay. So it's a balancing of priorities and a balancing of value as the company continues to grow and develop and change. And okay. So to what extent, just focusing now on these two kind of products, as you're developing, as your teams are developing content, marketing content for each, to what extent do you try to create continuity between the two brands? And, and to what extent are they meant to be very independent and, and kind of standalone? We don't have great continuity between the brands and marketing. Um, as I mentioned, you know, Artify, let's just put that aside. Or I mean, uh, Amla Commerce, let's put that aside as a employer brand. So that is really all about our values, about what it's like to work at the company, et cetera. Artify is very much targeted at certain segments or, or industries, if you will, that do product customization. So mm -hmm. that messaging is much more about the merchant's experience in customizing products, whereas Zenode is really about the ability to purchase online, or if you're a merchant, the ability to easily manage multiple channels, multiple web stores, multiple catalogs. And then there's a lot of other B2B functionality. So we're, they're completely separate. The only crossover is we may do some, I wouldn't call it account-based marketing. I would call it more like segment-based marketing, 
where the two overlap. So for example, you know, I mentioned earlier Uniform with Artify. Um, uniform companies tend to use product customization to put a logo on the chest of the chest or the sleeve of a uniform. Uniform companies tend to also run multiple web stores because they tend to work with larger companies who have their own unique uniform specifications. Does that make sense? So if you work, for example, at Coca-Cola and you, the the distributor drivers log in to get their Coca-Cola uniform, they don't want to see a broad catalog of every different uniform available, including Pepsi's and BP Amico's, (laughs) for example, not literally, but for example. So there is some crossover, but the messaging is very different because the team that does the customization is typically more involved in like sales and merchandising. Whereas the team that's managing the e-commerce platform is typically could be coming out of the e-commerce department or could be a crossover between the e-commerce department and the IT department. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So do you have two different marketing teams that are dedicated to each brand or is it one team that kind of does what does what you need to do for all for all the brands? We have one team that, and we do what we need to do for all of the brands. So in the way that we just segment the team is we have digital marketers who are basically in charge of any sort of paid media, social strategy, social execution. And then we have product marketing managers who basically are responsible for writing the content. And like every good product company and brand, we have content calendars and we have deadlines and we publish and, and we follow those deadlines. So on a monthly basis, we put out a newsletter for each of the different products. We take the content from the newsletter and break it down into different components that can be used on social. I mean, we follow all the standard practices mm-hmm. around content hubs, but we do have to do it three times. And, and again, right now, we haven't really done that yet with Amla as an employer brand, but we're in the process of building that right now. Right. Okay. So, so what's your advice for marketing teams that are in a similar situation, creating, you know, content for multiple brands, kind of standalone brands? Like, what have you learned from doing this to help, you know, others say avoid mistakes or pitfalls? Yeah. So it's a great question. I mean, from my perspective, it's about creating a playbook that everybody can live out. And I, I have a bigger philosophy on managing marketing is kind of similar to managing being a basketball coach. Mm. So my philosophy is like one, the winning coaches in the NCAA always recruit the best talent, right? Mm. And, and they all work from the same playbook. Everybody on the team works from the same playbook. So that to me is the big thing is how do you create a reusable infrastructure where everybody is working from the same playbook? So that is clearly documenting brand tone, brand voice, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Because once you get that down and you get into rhythm, you have a lot less editing and a lot less, lot less corrections. And then you can get in even more of a faster rhythm with producing content. If you don't have that, those basics documented and you don't train people on those basics, you end up doing a lot of iterations of content. And that slows down the team. It also frustrates writers. It frustrates everybody because people want to accomplish things and they feel like they're being micromanaged. So the more that you can get out ahead of standards, the better off the team will be. Mm-hmm. And when you Sounds multiply like- that way with three brands, think, you think about 
right? <laughs> That's when it gets really important. Right. Right, right, right. No, that makes good sense. And and I like that analogy to college basketball. I mean, I think, thankfully for you, right, in college basketball, you recruit the best talent and then the best players leave after one year, right? <laughs> right. Or, or, or they might go right to the G League if they're really good. Ideally, mm. in B2B or, you know, any business, you recruit the best talent and hopefully keep them for a while, right. you know, not just not just for one year. Yeah, no, that's crucial. I mean, we've been... We've been fortunate that we've had limited turnover, but you're absolutely right. I, even if we are going into a recession now, it seems like talent is still top of mind for every business leader right now because there's a shortage of talented people. And I, I personally think talented writers who write beyond creative but can actually understand technical concepts and take something complex and make it simple and easy to consume, mm. they're difficult to find. So those are... Those are some of the things we focus on is give them a playbook, get buy-in, and hopefully build them up to be very successful in their position. Yeah. Well, as a, as a writer myself originally and a, a writing teacher back in the day, I completely agree. It's a, it's a very particular skill, right? Being able to distill complex information into easy-to-understand messages. Absolutely. Hard to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Tom, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Best way to connect with me is to look me up on LinkedIn. So Tom, and my last name is spelled F as in Frank, L-I-E-R-L. So Tom Flerl, the name of the company is Amla, A-M-L-A, Amla Commerce. And yeah, send me a message on LinkedIn and I'd love to connect with people. Okay, excellent. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes for this episode. And uh, well, meanwhile, Tom, thank you so much for a really great conversation and thanks for your time. Really enjoyed it. Sounds good. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.